The Jeep Wrangler 4xe. It's electrified. So you can boogie woogie woogie up a mountain, over creeks, or boogie woogie woogie through a desert where you get bit by a pit viper. So you boogie woogie woogie back to camp and ask your friends if they'll suck the snake venom out when they say no. You boogie woogie woogie to the nearest hospital for a dose of anti-venom and boogie woogie woogie your way to a full recovery. The electrified Jeep Wrangler 4xe. Learn more at jeep.com. Jeep is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. This week on Happy, Sad, Confused, a quartet of our brightest young actors and old man Horowitz here. Hi, I'm the old man. I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to Happy, Sad, Confused. Uh, Sammy, by my side as always. Thank God. You're on the you're on the young rising star front, not the old man front. I don't know about that. You're somewhere in between. Yeah. Um, I should mention at the at the front of the show uh, the four people I referred to. Uh, we've got uh, a little Sundance spectacular. One more uh, burst of Sundance energy for you guys. I was in, at the uh, Sundance Film Festival for a good solid week, seeing a ton of movies and uh, chatted with a bunch of great stars, including coming up on the show uh, our. Zoe Deutsch, making her podcast debut on Happy, Sad, Confused. Very excited to have her. Happy to have her. Very thrilled to have her. Uh, Logan Werman, returning champion Logan Werman. Friend of the family. We love Logan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Franco, also a returning guest uh, with a very funny new film called The Little Hours that debuted at Sundance. Uh, and, and we're going to start off the show with a newcomer that I'm really thrilled to talk to, uh, Tavi Gevinson. Uh, we'll talk about uh, her in a second, but of course, um, she is a multi-hyphenate uh, what, writer, publisher, uh, feminist, uh, just a brilliant Actress, all-around person. Yeah. Actress, obviously. Uh, a lot to talk about with Tavi and hopefully in the first of many appearances on Happy, Sad, Confused. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm happy to be back, Sammy. Welcome back. Thank Are you, you happy to be back? I felt like you were in. You were really happy out there. I didn't know if you were going to come back. I was definitely always going to come back. I'm very happy to be back. That being said, I had a blast at Sundance. We were there a, for a long time. It was my longest uh, um, uh, visit to Sundance. I, w- I was there for like eight days and I, I was just telling you I saw 20 21 movies. Oh my God. I was there. Uh, I saw four, four Sundance films before I went there. So, yeah, 25 films. Did you fall asleep in any of them? You don't have um, to say which ones they are. I started to nod off at least once or twice. That's not bad. Wasn't so bad. My percentage was pretty good. Um, it was fun. Uh, we did, you know, as you can tell from the podcast last week, if you didn't check out last week's podcast. I wasn't uh, on it, so uh, I didn't yeah, check yeah, it course, out. Yeah, of course. Why should you? Um, <laughs> but we had uh, Woody Harrelson and Jack Black and someone else I'm forgetting that was amazing. Oh, we had Melanie Linsky and Elijah Wood. <sighs> um, uh, that was our first kind of dispatch from Sundance. And uh, and this week we kind of grouped it as four uh, uh, young stars. Kids. The kids. This is the kids the edition kids. of Happy Sad Confused. Yeah. Um, and uh, I saw all of their films. They're all great. They're all great in them. They've all got bright futures. Some of them have two films. Zoe Deutsch has two films, Before I Fall and uh, Rebel in the Rye. Um, and yeah, it was just a good excuse to um, see some good movies, see some bright young talent, both in front of the camera and behind the camera, catch up with some friends in the industry, yada, yada. And uh, Did and you go to parties? I went to a few parties. Not a lot. Did you party at the parties? By my standards, sure. Like See, I had a drink. You had a Shirley Temple. Yes. And- <laughs> <laughs> Make it a double. Yeah. <laughs> then I meant double cherries. <laughs> yes, exactly. Not enough grenadine in this. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to a couple, but Sundance parties kind of suck, to be honest. Ooh. They're kind of like um, – they're kind of shit shows. Like everybody – it's just not – it's not pleasant. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, the Especially if you've seen like six movies that day, yeah. you're kind of tired. Yeah, and everything in Sundance is like not to like whine about it because it is a great treat to be there and I, I realize how privileged I am to get to do it. But it is kind of like a, a more arduous film festival. It's mm-hmm. harder to get around and it was snowing every single day while I was there. Um, but, uh, but as I said, this was, this was my 11th and I, I always always feel very lucky to be there. And um, like I said, I saw a lot of good movies that I think we'll be talking about in the next year. Um, a lot of movies sold to uh, both studios and Netflix and Amazon like got really in there in a big way. Um, so uh, yeah, so you'll be hearing a, a lot more about Sundance uh, in the weeks and months ahead. So the future is bright. The future is bright, Cinem- at least in film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least in film, yeah. donate to the ACL, ACLU, ACLU, ACLU. <laughs> um, anyway, let's lead off the show uh, with Tavi Gevinson. Yes, Ta- I love her. Tavi Gevinson is really cool. I've, I've um, you know, she's obviously, of course, known for uh, Rookie Magazine, um, her writing, her um, her influence in the fashion world, um, but she's also uh, become you know an actress to be reckoned with, and she's getting more and more attention for her acting work. I've seen her on stage twice yeah. in the last couple of years. Have you seen any of her yeah. plays? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I saw last year she was on. Broadway. She was on Broadway in the Crucible, which mm-hmm. I saw. She was excellent in. Um, and uh, with your girl, Sarsha Ronan. Sarsha Ronan. And yeah, Tavi's great. Um, she's in a new film called uh, Person to Person, which was at Sundance. It hasn't gotten distribution quite yet. I think uh, it definitely will. It stars her and Abby Jacobson and Michael Sarah. It's kind of a um, a day in the life of a few New Yorkers, um, uh, and it's um, yeah, it's just kind of like a small little kind of like a quirky character film. Uh, she's excellent in it, and uh, she's just an actress that I'm really intrigued to see what the future holds for her because she's she's got a kind of a unique presence. Not her first time working with Michael Sarah. When is she? Oh, in um mm-hmm. in the play, right? Yeah, they yeah, were yeah, on yeah, stage yeah, together. Yeah, that's right. I saw that actually. Um, so yes, so this was a delightful conversation. I never met Tavi before. Uh, moments before I chatted with her, this was took place literally in a library. Oh, yeah. But you're not supposed to talk in libraries. I know. So I feel guilty. Do you whisper the whole time? No, we talk at a normal, semi-normal level. <laughs> Turn your volume up, everyone. <laughs> no, no, it's a, we were just probably disturbing the people around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a lovely chat, and I'm excited to um, meet her and get to know her. And hopefully, as I said, we'll have her on for a longer conversation down the road. In the meantime, here is my conversation at Sundance with Tavi Gevinson. So I've done a lot of interviews in strange places over my years at MTV. Mm-hmm. We're literally in a library. I feel like we shouldn't be here. Do you feel I know. like we're violating some protocol? Well, I feel like I'm violating something and that I'm carrying around cheddar bunnies and, <laughs> and uh, carrot citrus. A, a juice, yeah. Where you're gonna be kicked out. I'm the I'm the good Samaritan here. I know. Just don't drag me along with you. Sorry. Um, it's good to meet you. Yeah, you too. Um, so we're here at Sundance. It's just getting going as we tape this. Person to person is the film. Your film is literally premiering like right you know, now, a couple hundred feet away in mm-hmm. this complex. Um, do you? I mean, you've been obviously in the public eye in various forms for many years. Does mm-hmm. that steal yourself for? you know, um, public um, reception for events like this? Are you, like, more okay with kind of putting yourself out there at a premiere, et cetera? Or is there, are the nerves always there, no matter what the context? I guess I, I just kind of feel, I probably feel a little more relaxed now than when I was younger, mostly because it just, it only becomes more and more clear that, like, is like the news cycle. Things just move really fast. Yeah. I'm like, none of this, the inauguration is happening as we speak. Like yes. none of this matters. <laughs> so I don't know what you're um, New York Times just pushed aside the inauguration for the person-to-person premiere. You haven't seen that? <laughs> it's crazy. They're screening it at the White House too, actually. I, I mean, I might 
venture to say that might be healthier for the country. I I would agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't mean to um not I mean, I I think making art is important and I it's obviously what I've chosen to do with my life and I love this movie, but it, I I'm just like it can only be healthy to have some kind of distance and not be hard on yourself about like how you come off in an interview, which is a totally unnatural situation. Right. So, yeah. Again, I don't know what you're talking about when I go to a library, <laughs> hold a microphone, <laughs> and talk into a recorder. I, I don't know. know how you rolled. <laughs> so give me a sense of um, – I've seen you on stage a couple of times in the last couple of years and this is our youth in the crucible, which oh, I loved. I'd, I'd, I'd mark on for that one. Um, so talk to me a little bit about – um, your criteria, your instincts when it comes to film work. Does it change? Does it kind of remain the same in the last few years? I guess I... Um, uh, I love doing theater a lot. Uh, with a play, it's like if a play is really good, it's just sort of the gift that keeps on giving. And even though you're doing it every night... Yeah you're still discovering new things within it. And I felt that way about every show I've done. Yeah. Um, with film, it's more about the end product because you'll go in and you'll do that scene a few times and then you'll never do it again. Right. So I guess I just have to really like the movie because there is so much of like waiting around on set and I uh, am, I guess I'm, it's not that it's more product oriented than process, but I, you know, with this movie in particular, it was so clear that Dustin had such a complete vision for it yeah. that I was like, I would be so happy to like just shoot this for a few days, say goodbye to it for a while and then be part of this like beautiful little story. Right. Um, and I guess part yeah. of, part of the, the trust is that, I mean, a good criteria for many actors, I would guess is like, you know, if you want to see that film, like you see, you're seeing on paper, yeah, that's worth being a part of. <laughs> I mean, I really feel like Wendy is the kind of character that when I was younger and I was getting obsessed with like early Winona Ryder characters and Ghost World and sure. all of those kinds of uh, that sort of archetype of like the moody teen girl um, who can't figure out why things aren't just like easier for her or something. Wendy feels like the kind of character I totally would have loved and been thankful for when I was younger. So it's really special. I yeah. felt that way too with like um, Jessica and This Is Our Youth, which mm -hmm. is the first play I did in New York. And um, that's wild to get to like embody someone who you would have really like been obsessed with. Well, who Did you have literal posters on the wall growing up? Did you have like oh, yeah. what were the cutouts? What were the people that you were I cycled them out every month I was <laughs> like too many too much love yeah and like constant just needing to like have a new mood board and like <laughs> <laughs> I was big into um manifesting uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> who I wanted to be so there were lots of figures on my walls I guess I mean there was definitely a time where Abby and Alana from Broad City were on on my wall sure um and so that's fun to now yeah be in this thing with her so talk to me a little bit about the, just the confidence that i would you know gather gather you garner from being on stage and the kind of productions mm. that you've been in and how you're taking that further in your career i mean you're working with some top-notch directors on stage some like the material i mean see obviously you know arthur miller kenny mm -hmm. lonergan like this is like the top stuff out there mm -hmm. um 
does it feel like you're in a place where you're gaining self-confidence? You feel like you can handle more? Is doubt always going to be a part of the process or what? I think for me at this point in time, it feels less about confidence and more about just going like the confidence is irrelevant. I have a job to do. Mm -hmm. On stage especially, you can't know what you look like and you're always giving off things that you can't even be aware of because right. you can't see yourself the way other people see you. And of course you're in character. So like if the character feels bad, you're gonna feel bad. You're not gonna be like killing it. Like <laughs> so nailed I just it. why did she scream nailed it after that scene? That seems really <laughs> out of character. I, yeah, I start just like <laughs> clapping for myself on stage. So I, I think be, surrendering to that lack yeah. of control has made me a more relaxed person in general because you really do build a muscle for that when you're doing a show every night. So I it's not even that I feel that confident. I just feel maybe kind of relaxed and with some like it's nice to have some humility around like yeah. knowing you'll do you'll say a line a certain way. I used to like say a line a certain way, hear myself, hate myself. But like when you're in the moment are you hearing it? Like in, are you like out of your body kind of like detached yeah watch or, watching myself and listening to myself but it, like on stage you can't you have to keep going so you I feel like I had to really learn and I'm so glad I did how to just kind of stamp out self-doubt right um much in the style of uh, our most sociopathic politicians right. and calculated <laughs> pop stars I don't know who you're talking yeah. about <laughs> and what um at this point, like, I'm, I'm curious, like, what kind of stuff comes your way in terms of material? Like, I mean, you've been very um, selective in a good way, I think, in terms of the theater and film and not kind of just like putting out, frankly, shitty product just to be right. in a mix. Are you hardened by the kind of stuff that comes your way or is it kind of hard to find stuff that you that resonates with you? No, I mean, I feel truly lucky. Like, I don't I don't know if that much does come my way, but like you know, when you do a play, it's like, that's your life for a handful of months. So right. I don't know what I would have gotten last year if I wasn't doing two shows back to back. Sure. But I do think when you're in a position where you also make and write your own, even if I'm not like writing movies, I'm writing all the time. Yeah. And so, and I need to do that. So it, it's, um, it's not like, if I was just, if I was like waiting around for the next thing because I needed that creative outlet because acting was the only one, I'm sure I would be down for a lot more. But knowing how important writing is to me and that sure. that's always there, something has to kind of be as special as this movie is for me to... Um, stop being such a snob and do someone else's thing. Right, right. Well, you have the luxury of, yeah, as you said, you can yeah, have like your, totally. own, your own thing obviously going. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like, have, was, you know, a lot's been talked about sort of like the arc of your very interesting career. Have you noticed, and, and people probably make assumptions about like, you know, when it's a model turned actor or a, a writer turned actor, mm -hmm. anyone that's taking, making a shift or feels like they're mm -hmm. making a shift, did you have you f felt like you've experienced that where like some people have misjudged you or assigned different motives to you or just uh, had misconceptions about you given your unusual arc of your career thus far? Yeah, I mean, since I was 12, but I don't know those people and like I'll probably never meet them. <laughs> and when you do meet them in person, they want to be your best friend. Right. I mean, you kind of agree, you consent to just like be an idea in other people's heads when you decide to be public in any That's way. Part of the deal, yeah. And I think like, you know, there's a version of me 
there's like a girl out there who looks like me and has done some of the same things and like has my Wikipedia page, but like that's very far from mm-hmm. my day-to-day experience sure. of life. So I think um, it's sort of like, I think uh, as young people, especially with the internet, it's like you decide who you want to be by looking at people like famous people or artists or and just kind of seeing what you like about them and what feels not right for you. And I'm, I mean, I'm happy to be yeah. one of those people for someone else. This is Happy Sad Confused. We'll be right back after this. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. When I first started to see you um, act, and it was probably on stage, I think maybe this is our youth, this is the first time, maybe enough said I, I saw you in mm-hmm. a, a part in that one. But um, your voice is very unique. Are you, oh. are you, are you self-conscious about that? I mean, that is a nice <laughs> thing. I don't mean like get out of the business topic. No. Your voice is weird. <laughs> no, I mean I um... – have I made you more self-conscious yeah, asking that? Yeah, I never oh, no. thought about that. No, that's okay. It's totally fine. I've I'm joking. Ruined, ruined no, I, I guess it's... Um, uh, when I watched <laughs> Person to Person, I was like, why am I putting my voice down there? Like during... Uh-huh. Excuse me. During The Crucible, I had to learn a lot more about not just taking care of your voice, but just like the tools like what a tool it is sure like especially in that show where there's a lot it's all about truth and deception and like what that character sounded like when she was telling the truth and what she sounded like when she was kind of brainwashed and I I mean I'm just sort of fascinated by it I I don't I don't know I don't I have I have not really given too much thought about what I sound like I think I probably wish I sounded less sardonic or like oftentimes I people think I'm being sarcastic when I'm not but I that I mean you know well, you can't been, win them all you've also been rolling your eyes at me the entire interview and it's really <laughs> hurtful and I'm trying not to take it personally but I guess that's just something about you I'm so sorry um, <laughs> see that sounded sarcastic I, I know that's the problem I, but that's also why acting is like, like this fall I did a cherry orchard right. where I played someone who uh a lot of the time it's just like happy and that's all there is to it. And I was right. like, uh, it's actually such a struggle for me to play sincere joy. <laughs> and I have to find a so way to do is, it. Where this is true acting to actually feel happiness yeah. for hours at a time. But then I also realized a lot of the time she's really just pretending to be oh, right. happy. Well, that you can do. Yeah, totally. Uh, that's in your wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> have you been to Sundance before? No. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So has this been kind of like, I mean, you probably just got here, et cetera, mm-hmm. and the festival just started yesterday. Um, seeing friends, seeing, has, did Robert Redford welcome you at the airport? Does yes, he take you into I the car? Yes, I love him. <laughs> yes. I feel like that should so be part close. of the thing. Are you? Yeah, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's great. Bobby. Bobby, yeah. Have you ever met Robert Redford? No. Oh. Um, I think, yeah, no, we like got in last night. And then we leave in like a couple hours right. because I'm going uh, to D.C. for the march. So oh, I, for you. Nice. 
Um, yeah, but so I, I feel like I'm not really getting the experience. I'm just like... This is the quintessential Sundance experience sitting in a library. Yeah. Talking. Talking about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that that part of the business kind of screws with your head a little bit? How do you kind of defend against going mad like... 70% of actors probably have or will in their life. I mean, I don't feel like I'm in a position so often where I... Okay. I'm, like, doing... Like, I'm promoting something. It's really... Uh, I'd rather have, like, the set of problems that comes with this job than, like, the set of problems sure. that would come with doing something I didn't care about. But um, I do think I am interested in, like... And I don't think I am... You know, I experienced this... I feel very comfortable with just like where all of this is at for me, but I'm interested in like when someone's persona just precedes them and they're trying to catch up with it. And right. I'm, but that's also mainly, I'm just like fascinated by um, performers and entertainers and sure. that stuff. And you've started to, I mean, in the last few years, interact with people that you've had your own probably preconceived notions for, like we all do, because we right. all read the same yeah. crap that we can't avoid. Yeah. And that's probably an illuminating experience to kind of, okay, like, yeah, like there's, let, letting go of that. Well, not just realizing that f f most people have a separation, but also realizing like, you know, these are not natural circumstances. Like it's not normal to like accept an award in front of hundreds right. of people and so I don't necessarily know if like it's that unhealthy if someone seems weird while they're doing right. it that's like probably, that's probably actually the healthier way to go like if you look too yeah. content and normal in accepting widespread adulation from strangers in yeah. tuxedos it feels like hmm. I mean and who's to say and it's so different for everyone so I'm like the, even the kind of like the moralizing of the way celebrities behave feels so silly right. to me. But, like, I'm fascinated by why people have that conversation. And it's usually because what I said before, like, they're just trying to establish their own m morals. Be like, do I want to be like that or do I want to be like that? Yeah. Do I want to be someone who is very obviously trying to people please and perform? Or do I want to be someone who acts like they're too cool for everything? Well, it's also like I was just at the Golden Globes and like there's mm -hmm. such cynicism in this <laughs> country where like some performers try to like use that platform in an earnest way and mm -hmm. like the automatic gut reaction of social media and the world seems to be to just tear down, tear down, tear down. Yeah. And not accept that someone can have actual good intentions. <laughs> I know, it's so hard to know like Especially because we, everyone, any at least everyone who's on social media also like has a personal brand, not just celebrities. Right. So like tearing down someone is also a way of Building trying to up. align yourself with something that seems right. morally righteous. Right. Uh, which is why I haven't been on Twitter in a month, and I <laughs> only put Instagram on my phone when I'm going to post something. Uh, healthy Living with Tavi Gevinson. This, this was just a shorter version of the podcast that we usually do. Hopefully, you'll come by uh, the studio in New York, and we'll have a, oh, a real heart-to-heart. -heart. There'll yeah. be tears. There'll be laughter. Yes. And we'll be able to scream because we won't be in the library. I know. These jerks here. I know. Reading. So rude. Nerds. Uh, congratulations on the movie, though. Good to Thanks see you. Thanks so much. You too. Thanks, Tavi.
That was Toby Gevinson starring in Person to Person. Uh, look out for that. Probably sometime in the next year, it'll pop up in theaters and VOD, et cetera. I'll keep you posted when I hear uh, where it lands. Uh, next up on the podcast, another conversation I conducted at the Sundance Film Festival. Uh, so thrilled to talk to Dave Franco. Yay! We I love Dave love Franco. Dave Franco. We don't want to pick favorite Francos around here because I love James. You don't. Oh. I'll go. I'll You're going to jump out on a limb and say your favorite I'm, Franco is? Is Dave Franco. Why? What's the deciding factor? It's, it happened in the last couple years, mm-hmm. oh, obviously. Um, but I think I was it, think was it, it was, was Nerve. Was it when you saw Nerve? It was it was his performance in Nerve. It was um, Neighbors. He's great in Neighbors. It was Neighbors. He, he's very funny, and it's interesting. He talks about in this conversation how he's done a lot of comedies, but he's kind of realized um, he's a very self aware actor in that he talks about being the straight man, and like that's his skill set. He don't he doesn't. I don't necessarily agree, even agree with him here, but he thinks he's not great at improv and kind of on the fly comedy. But he's very good at kind of being the straight guy in scenes, um, and that's very much what he is in this new film, The Little Hours, which is very funny. It stars him and his uh, bride to be, Alison Brie. Oh, I yes. love that. Good to see Alison. I saw her for a second too. Uh, she was uh, ribbing us as we were taking our happy, sad, confused photos. I'm, take- mm. I'm taking the photo with Dave. She's like doing a little happy, sad, confused. You're like Allison, <laughs> this isn't about you. No. She meant it in the nicest possible way. Uh, also stars Aubrey Plaza. Um, they play nuns. What? Uh, yes, they play nuns in a convent that um, that uh, Dave Franco has kind of like um, hiding out in. He's a deaf mute. Oh my he's god! He's not actually a deaf mute. He's pretending to be a deaf mute. Oh, got it, got it. It's a weird, funny, absurd little film um, that is uh, directed, written, directed, I believe, by a guy named Jeff Banna. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his last name right, but he uh, he did a film with um, Aubrey Plaza before and Dane DeHaan, and he's actually, I think, a long time like boyfriend of uh, Aubrey Plaza. So uh, a funny little film called The Little Hours. Uh, look out for that uh, coming soon, hopefully. But uh, in the meantime, always fun to uh, catch up with Dave Franco. Davey. Uh, little Davey Franco. Don't call him that. Don't demean him that. Davey. David. It's David Franco to you. David Franco. Uh, here's my conversation with Dave Franco. Dave. D-A-V-E. I'm joined by the veteran of the Happy Sack Confused podcast, Mr. the returning champion, Mr. Dave Franco. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm a little scared just because we have uh, we saw each other maybe two, three months There's ago. There's nothing left to say. I don't know how much <laughs> I have to say that you don't already know. So, what's new, Dave? Well, the weather's good. The weather's decent. It's been snowing in Sundance. That's quite a big cool. news story. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we can't say... We can say that you've got a cool new uh, film here. Yes, yes. Uh, congratulations. Thanks, it's very, man. very funny. Any movie that starts out with like, you know, within three minutes of nuns cursing, I know I'm going to, I'm in good hands. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Very specific tone. But, um, you know, like I've, I've, I've always said to you, I, I'm attracted to movies that are trying to do something different. And this one, I mean, you've never seen a tone like this before. And that's saying something like, yeah. It's it's like how how the fact that this movie was made. It's like I just I appreciate that in in of itself. Totally. And then, and then that you know the director Jeff Baina he he just he had a vision and I was just excited to be on his journey, man. So talk to me a little bit about okay. So what do you know when you get a script? Like does Jeff do you talk to Jeff before? Like did you yes. know what you were about to see? <laughs> <laughs> to an extent. So um, to be completely candid, we didn't really have a script on this one. It really? was like a 20-page outline. And um, that being said, it didn't feel as loose as you might expect just because Jeff, he's kind of a crazy genius where he di- really did have the whole idea in his head. But the 
His intentions were he, he wanted us to put everything in our own words and then he would guide us in the right direction. But it's not like other fully improvised movies um, in the sense that it's, you know, we're not going on crazy tangents right. and we're not just throwing out a million jokes. This well, one's very honed in and simplified and it's a very quiet movie. Well, and you can't necessarily, I mean, because it's, I mean, look, it's, it's anachronistic to the period, obviously, to a degree. Like, it doesn't necessarily fit, like, the, the dialogue, exactly how people spoke back sure, then. Sure. But you still can't, like, go off and talk about, you know, what's playing at the movie theater or, exactly. or you had a Taco Bell yesterday. <laughs> so there's certainly limitations on improv, I would think. Yeah. Um, you were sadly objectified, I feel like. In I this was. One. I'm kind of a sex toy in this one. <laughs> uh, Don't say it like it's a sad thing. <laughs> well, okay. So basically, should we describe yeah, what this okay. give, it, give, it, give it some context. All right. So basically, um, the movie is it's based on a book written in the 14th century called The Decameron. And during that time, young women they would become nuns, not necessarily because they had strong religious beliefs, but because that's just what you did. Right. And so there was all these these young women in these convents who had sexual desires and, and desires to party, but they had to suppress everything. So our movie uh, is about this guy. I play this guy who's on the run. He's in trouble. He comes across this convent, and he convinces them to let him hide out. Right. And over time, he starts you know, hooking up with all these nuns and everything <laughs> below the surface uh, comes to the surface and things go crazy. But uh, I, I didn't want, you know, I, I play this guy who is, yeah, he's sleeping around and I feel like that part could easily go in the direction of this like douchey, sleazy right. Lothario. But, you don't um, want to play yourself, though. <laughs> exactly. That's not fun. Um, but I respect Jeff a lot because he, he wanted me, um, you know, he wanted the character ha to have sympathy. And yeah. Like you said, he's kind of the victim. Like these women are kind of going after him. And yeah, it's the most it's the saddest threesome scene I've ever totally. seen. Totally. <laughs> There's there's this like what what seems like it's gonna be a very like cool <laughs> for a dude whatever threesome that like just right. is, ends up being the most frustrating thing I've ever seen. I think absolutely. And then and then if you kind of take a step back and realize that um, you know my fiance Allison <coughs> is in the movie, she is not in this threesome scene. Right. Um, so she has the day off and she's like, oh what uh what scene are you going to shoot today? I'm like whatever, like the threesome scene or whatever. I'm not worried about it. You shouldn't be worried about it. I'm not worried. Uh, <laughs> and well, let's add another layer of, to this because one of the people you're in that threesome is with is the girlfriend of the director. Exactly. So there's a lot of levels Aubrey, of, course, of bizarre, yeah. strange stuff going on. But uh, yeah, I did that. You also can check off playing, well, it's not exactly really a deaf mute, but you get to pretend to be a deaf mute. Yeah, so that was what I was most scared about going into it. So my character for half of the movie pretends like he's a deaf mute and I had many discussions with Jeff the director beforehand just because I was I was saying like I don't I don't want to just be a prop in these scenes right. I just don't want to be sitting there doing nothing and through our discussions he, he kind of got me excited about it it kind of became like a cool challenge yeah and to try to you know show a lot of emotion without talking and by pretending like I can't hear what's going on around me. And so it uh, it ended up being kind of the most re re rewarding part of the part. You also get a chance to share some scenes with uh, not only these great actresses, but some like, you know, like John C. Riley. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Um, so what's it like to share scenes with him? What does he bring to the table? He's a decent actor. I mean, John, he's one of those guys where he's one of like five universally loved yeah. actors on the planet where anyone you talk to loves John C. Riley, And he's, he's incredible, man. He's like one of the greatest at balancing drama and comedy, which 
you know, worked very well with this movie and just being opposite him. I mean, it was intimidating at first um, just because, you know, he does have a strong presence, but like you realize, you know, he he just he wants to he wants to play and yeah. he he's um he's a really he's a really fun guy to act opposite. I mean he he just makes it easy. He's giving you so much. He is. A, here's a fun fact. He was the very first after hours sketch I ever did. The very first comedy sketch I ever did at MTV. I somehow convinced him. We've done this a, a couple times over the years for a sketch called Up Close, where it's an improvised interview where I'm literally on top. Well, they're on we're on top of each other physically, ha having a yes a, right. very, a very banal conversation, <laughs> okay. but playing it very deadpan. In what position exactly? Like all over, okay, every, cool, every possible cool. contortion. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the sense from your answer that you don't want to do the sketch with me. <laughs> I'm, I'm more just frustrated that you haven't asked me or mentioned it until now. <laughs> sorry, sorry. This is my way of soft, the soft ask, so to speak. So um, that was the very first one. Very first one, and we were off to the races. So I have John C. Riley to thank for Amazing. that. Amazing. So. You, well, you mentioned kind of like the intimidation factor, which is something that comes up a lot in interviews with actors over the years. Like, do you get intimidated by people yeah. that have been around? Has it ever happened where like, whether it was very early in the career, like you, you, it was debilitating to a point where like you were so, at least for a day or an hour, you were like, I just can't get my head around this. Uh, yes and no. I mean, when I was on, for example, when I was on the set of 21 Jump Street, like Jonah, he's, he's, he's a comic genius yeah. he there's there's he's one of you know a handful of people who are that quick-witted and just can go and go and go and just continue to give you gold yeah and it was extremely intimidating being on that set because i think i've talked to you about this where i'm not the comedic actor who's quick-witted and gonna throw out a million jokes right. i'm the guy who you put in a bizarre scenario and i'm gonna play it as straight as possible yep. but what i've realized over the years is that um you know, I'm never going to keep up with Jonah. Right. I'm never it's a different skill set. It's exactly. Different, yeah. I'm never going to keep up with Seth Rogen. It's like I'm. I just got to do what I feel comfortable comfortable with and what I'm good at, yeah. and basically just be present and just react to what they're doing. Um, you mentioned Allison, of course, is in this one. Is yes. there is there like a hesitancy in when you guys like are you a package deal? Like how does this work <laughs> exactly? <I'm, laughs> it's very fun to work together, but I got to be honest, like. Going into this one where we are playing somewhat of a romantic couple, I was a little nervous just because you want the chemistry to work on screen or everyone <laughs> is- people be like, hmm. Exactly. Everyone's, <laughs> if, if it doesn't, then they're like, what are they doing together? And so ultimately, it was easier to act with her than anyone I've ever worked with just right. because we know each other just so well. And uh, we've been lucky enough to work on a handful of things together recently. Right. We, we did this. We have- the masterpiece coming out. Um, we did a little commercial together. We <laughs> have done a video, a short video uh, revolving around a blumpkin. If you don't know what that is, I apologize. Um, look it up, but and just know that ye, I apologize again. Yeah, um, always keeping it classy. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I would love to con continue to work with her for the rest yeah. of my career. Yeah. When are we going to finally see the masterpiece? Does it? Do we know? We are hoping soon. Okay. We're like in the final stages of editing. It's like a South by Southwest maybe kind of a thing. That I felt think that like, would be right. ideal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we did that and then followed it up with the, a screening of the of the actual room oh, movie. Yes. And then have Tommy Wiseau there to introduce it. I think it'll be, I think that's the perfect audience for it. Yeah. Yeah. And have you still not seen the room? Come on, Damn it. As, as, I was, as, I, as I was asking you the question, I was like, I hope he doesn't remember that I haven't seen it. <laughs> that, <laughs> I'm waiting until the double feature that night at South by. But you know what? 
it'll, like it'll help me it. enjoy it. I think you should see it before because when you see it with an audience, people are literally screaming the right. entire way through. So I don't actually get it. You can't hear a word that's coming from the screen. Okay. So try to see it beforehand. If you don't, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really care. Yeah. It sounds like I care, but I don't care. Whatever. I'm above it all. <laughs> so uh, have you been to Sundance before? This is my first time for a movie. Okay. Yeah. So you came for fun just to support people exactly. or see some movies. Exactly. Um, yeah. Wouldn't it be, I mean, I've, I've talked to your brother a bunch here over mm -hmm. the years, so mm -hmm. I'm happy I'm getting at least one Franco yeah, out man. of the Sundance experience. Um, so seeing some friends, seeing, I know you said you're out of here in a couple hours. Right. What have you done here besides talk to people like me? Um, Anything? Mostly talking. I saw a movie last night. I saw Ingrid Goes West that also Aubrey Plaza is also in yeah. and she is unbelievable in it. And what else? You know what I like about Sundance? is especially for the opening night when we first premiered the movie. Um, so like when you're going into a movie, the experience is very much influenced by expectations, right? Yeah. And you know, when you're showing something at Sundance where people don't really know anything about it, this it's is the best. literally the yeah, first it's time the it's ever screened. <laughs> no one has any expectations and you can really experience it the way it's meant to be experienced. And it was just fun to be in that audience and just, you know, hear a wide range of reactions where, again, this movie is so specific in tone that people kind of don't know where to laugh right. and when to feel uncomfortable or just kind of... Mission accomplished then. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think the fact that they feel something throughout this movie is is saying something. Yeah. Just because uh, it is, it's it's like I've said a million times now in this interview, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. Yeah, totally. So um, the only downside I feel like you'd come to Sundance now in your career is like you missed the heyday of the of the free swag. Like you could have gotten here like a free washing machine or something. <laughs> like I've, I've literally heard stories that Robert Downey Jr. got like a washing machine at Sundance come once. On. I don't think he had it a carry-on like sure. on the plane, but I'm not good with swag. I feel like anytime I take something home, it just sits in a bag in the corner of my closet right. and I ultimately just give it to buddies. But like, what do you are you a big swag guy? No, look at me. Do I look like a swag guy? Yes. Swag? Can, do I look like someone that can even say the word swag and actually pull it off? It's so funny because yes, most actors will say that. I interviewed S Sam Jackson was on the podcast uh -huh. recently, and I asked him what the best thing about like his job is, and he literally said free shit. Like, <laughs> I think he can pull it off somehow. He, it's like it's. What else does he need? That's what I said, kind of. <laughs> you know, I respect that. I respect that. He He's knows what he it. is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, agenda coming up. This is uh, yeah, this is like our our biannual checkup or yes, something. Yes. Uh, do you know what the next gig is? I don't know what I'm filming next. Okay. Um. So in terms of what's coming out, we got the masterpiece, and then after that, did we talk about this this little movie I did called Six Balloons? I'm not sure. Remind me. So it was it's the most intense movie probably I've ever done, just in the sense that I was playing a heroin addict, and so it's um, it was physically very demanding. Where I ended up losing like 20 pounds in two months, and it was it was pretty dark, man. Um, I was not I was, one of the fucked up comedies. This is not, no, doesn't fit that. No, um, I was in a pretty weird headspace where, um, you know, on top of the not eating very much, I was, you know, I wanted to get as much into the role as I could. Obviously sure. I'm not going to take heroin, but I wanted to watch everything that I could. And so like, for example, when you watch Requiem, Requiem for a dream, it's like, that's an incredible movie, but you're like, I never need to see that again. Imagine exactly, watching literally. three of those every day and most of them being documentaries about real people yeah. going through this stuff. And so I was in this like dark heroin tunnel and I was, you know, I was 20 pounds lighter. I'm already not a big guy. So right. that's like a big chunk of my weight. And, um, you know, I was coming home every day 
and just in a foul mood. And like Allison's calling me out. She's like, you're not yourself. You're right. not fun to be around. And I'm just like, I'm fucking starving. What do you want from me? <laughs> All I can but, have is half a chicken breast, maybe. I mean, that's, yeah, that's generous. And um, basically, I'm glad I did it. It was like nothing I've ever done before. And what's cool is... Uh, the actress opposite me is Abby Jacobson, who's also mainly known for comedy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think the director cast us because even though the subject matter is very heavy, she wanted there to be a little bit of levity. And so we play brother, sister. And even though there's a lot of really intense stuff going on, we're funny, hopefully with each other. Sure, and sure. we can be, you know, we have that shorthand. And uh, that's yeah, awesome. that's a Netflix movie. Uh, I think they're still editing that. So who knows when that'll come out, but I'm excited. And now you're just looking for a project where you can like gain 40 pounds and just totally. sit on your ass playing video games. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but also I think there's some, you know, a lot of baggage that comes with that. Like yeah. you look at, I mean, the most extreme, that that movie that Jared Leto did where he was playing the yes, guy. Yes, chapter 27. Yes. I saw that here actually. Oh my God. Yeah. And he was like, you read about him you know, melting ice cream and drinking bowls <laughs> of melted ice cream. I don't see what's weird about that. This is <laughs> describing my daily diet. <laughs> and, and like how those, those diets, like they affect oh, you. Like I think he has like yeah. gout now or something. No, I feel like Christian Bale said like he can't go up and he down can't. again. Like yeah. it's just at a certain point, diminishing returns. I mean, he's like, taking 10 years off of his life. I mean, he's yeah. like the greatest actor out there, but he can't do that anymore. It's not worth it, man. Yeah, he's, he's proven himself. He, he's, he just, you stay at your way, Christian. Um, well, I'm excited to see your next fucked up drama at yes. least. Yes. Uh, six balloons is that what it was six called balloons. very cool yeah. uh, congratulations on this one man Thanks, um, make an appointment with the secretary on the way out for our next appointment if you could yeah let's just say two and a half weeks from now okay perfect yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks for stopping by Go buddy on, good man. to see you thanks as always That was the always delightful and charming Mr. Dave Franco, star of The Little Hours, taped at the Sundance Film Festival. Up next, yet another Sundance conversation with one of our favorites, Logan Werman. Are you sure this is a new one or are you just... I'm recycling? Yeah. No, if you listen to the conversations, you'll tell that it takes place very much in the Sundance Film Festival just days ago, Sammy. This is why I need to hear the interview first to confirm. You probably should listen to the actual show. Well, (sighs) at least before I talk about it so I can confirm that I'm not lying. I'll take it if you listen after the fact, quite frankly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Logan um, is starring in a new film that uh, I saw at Sundance called Sydney Hall. He is excellent in it. It is a, um, he really, he plays the the title character, Sydney Hall, alongside Elle Fanning. Um, It's an interesting story. It's kind of, and we're going to talk about J.D. Salinger, ironically, in a second, because Zoe Deutsch is in a film about J.D. Salinger, but he plays Sidney Hall's very much a Salinger-esque character. He's a young writer who gets a, a big um, flash of success with his first book um, and uh, kind of struggles with the fame and repercussions of success. It's it's a big film. It's kind of an epic film. He plays the character at three different ages. Uh, it's just a, an ambitious piece of work, and I'm, I'm always thrilled to see what Logan's do, doing. He's got a, a great head on his shoulders, a lot of talent, and uh, seems to be making some really cool, interesting decisions. Um, we caught up at this, uh, can all these Sundance like interviews. Yeah, like where were, yeah. The, the, the context of these are always bizarre. Like I said earlier, Tavi was done at a library last week. I did Woody Harrelson at a restaurant. This was done like in a little condo that neither of us like knew. It was like, he was like, is this your condo? I'm like, no, is this your condo? He's like, no. So like, I don't know. We were squatting in someone's snuck condo in apparently. to a house? It was beautiful. It was lovely. Very I'm sure it was. <laughs> um, we've since vacated the premises. Um, but uh, that's some context for this uh, fun little catch up with Logan Lerman. Uh, check it out and hope you guys enjoy. You're listening to Happy, Sad, Confused. We'll be right back after this. 
I'm joined in the, in the coziest condo in Sundance yeah. uh, with Mr. Logan Orman. Is this where you're staying? Is this your I room? W- I wish. This oh. is gorgeous. Yeah, this the, is really nice. The roaring fireplace. Yeah, it's nicer than where I'm at. <laughs> I'm, in, too, a, I'm in a frat house right now. <laughs> Are you real? Yeah, with like all the guys. Um, it's like 11 of us or something like that. That could be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't been sleeping. If you can tell by my voice, <laughs> I have a little it sounds like yeah. yeah i sound much like gravelier it's a it you have gravitas it's yeah. a yeah it's it's a what, what day are we on wednesday of the festival we're, we're kind of coming towards relative towards the end and yeah you're just wearing like a bib and a diaper right now yeah pretty much it's kind of strange yeah well you know it's that's how that's how you uh that's how i get by here <laughs> it's all a uh so I, I don't even know how to use my brain anymore it's it's completely it's it's, it's, it's not functioning right now <laughs> these are complete coherent senses it's okay okay good good uh belated happy birthday buddy thank you very much you have a good one 25 that's kind of yeah, a 25 is a big one it's a big one right yeah yeah it went well it was fun all good yeah it wasn't too crazy but um you know saw friends and family and nice. had a nice time and uh, speaking of friends and family i mean yeah. uh sundance is always a good excuse to see yeah see friends how long i have, have you so many friends here right now which is great <laughs> how long have you been in town um since saturday oh nice so you've had a chance to like yeah be around yeah it's been it's been cool but like i i mean i i mean that um sincerely there's like a lot of friends here with films and yeah. they all seem really uh great and it's been a fun you know time catching up with people i haven't seen in long in a while and um it seems like a lot of their movies are getting you know positive reviews yeah. and picked up and everyone's doing well so yeah knock on wood hopefully people like uh the film that that uh me and and my team are bringing here today so yeah so i was gonna say so the the, the film is as we tape this uh it's uh it's premiering tonight i'll be there yes Uh, i can't wait to check it out uh so i haven't seen it yet so like can you just act it out for me can you just kind of do a quick little like two man two minute two minute version of sydney hall i can easily do that (laughs) yeah no i mean i can tell you what it's about though yeah tell me yeah it's about this dude um takes place over like 12 years and it's about this guy uh from this small town who you know he's kind of an introvert more of a observer um pretty normal kid but he has uh you know a knack for writing and he uh becomes successful at a young age and struggles to deal with the responsibilities that come with being an influential person right you know? and um, it's kind of about his journey over those 12 years about, uh, you know, his experience in this town that he, you know, ended up writing about. And, um, I just, yeah, I guess how he, how he navigates, yeah. uh, the success that came with it. So there are a couple interesting things that jump out when you describe it like that. First, I mean, you get to play, as I understand you, a few different ages. It's kind of like you were like yeah. 18, what, 24, 30. I got that roughly right. Yeah. Something. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's kind fun. of cool. Yeah, it's fun. And I mean, it's of, a, it's, it's hard to do that with like a 28 day shoot and right you're not, not a se- lot of money in sequence or anything you're probably jumping around yeah no i mean no i mean we we were able yeah we 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 didn't jump around between the ages but we started with you know 18 24 oh that's good okay yeah and then 30 but um it's hard to define those uh ages physically when you have like a you know four hour turnaround between right uh between the uh, stages and uh, my character's life. So it was really challenging, but we yeah. tried to take as much time as possible to test uh, looks and um, come up with, uh, I guess, yeah, a way to 
to make me look different. And hopefully we hopefully it worked. Yeah. I guess you will I'll be yeah, I'll the, back to the you in judge a few hours. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I'm you'll optimistic. Let, you'll let me know if it works or not. Uh, big thumbs up on Twitter. Do they have that uh, option? Um, you so the, the film. You're executive producer of this yeah, one. Yeah. So second year in a row, you've brought a film to Sundance. Yeah. You, you know, we we've obviously talked a lot about Indignation. You know what a fan I was of that one. Thank you. Um, and I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like, not a lot of 25 year old actors have like two EP credits to their no. on their resume yeah, right now. I feel you know, and and to be at Sundance, you know, for exactly. a second year is really, um, you know, it means a lot to me. It's a big honor. You know, it's you know, the big American festival. So yeah. I'm proud to be here. I really like it. Um, yeah, I hope people like the film. You know, we worked really hard on it. Um, I mean, I was part of it for, you know, close to two years now. Yeah. But, um, you know, our director has been trying to make this for 10 years and he's right. gone on like a huge journey uh, selling it and trying to get it back over years. And, you know, he, he reached like huge success because he won an Academy Award for a short film right. and then was able to, you know, uh, get his film back, and he's gone on this whole journey to make this, and um, so I'm happy for him. Yeah. I'm happy to have been, a, uh, you know, a partner in his journey, and I hope people like it. You it, know, it's funny to me. I literally like just last night. I wonder if you're curious about this. I saw Rebel in the Rye. Which oh yeah, is this what did you think of it? It's good. It's it's good. Is it good? Yeah. yeah. And Nick Holt's uh, awesome in it. He's cool. he's great and, and spacey, obviously, as you would expect. Yeah. Uh, but it sounds like kind of re- wrestles with some of the same kind yeah. of themes because obviously, I like infamously, Danny Strong too. He's yeah, really yeah, yeah. He he's does good. a good he's directing good debut. Yeah, totally. So I mean, and there are obvious or maybe not so obvious parallels. I guess I don't know if people were bringing this up with you, but like you know, the flush of success that you experienced that we've talked about before of mm-hmm. like being defined by a blockbuster film, like of a course. film like yeah, yeah. Um, is that something? Something that that resonated with you with the material, or is that something that only in retrospect you're like, okay, I can see the connections that are made only there. Only in retrospect, after I've been doing interviews, yeah. <laughs> have I really noticed the the uh, the similarities? But you know, I think they are different brands of success. So they're very like I can't really relate to what my what the the type of success that my character has in this film. Yeah, because I would say the main difference is that I'm not a creator, right? Uh, uh, I don't write the words, right? I'm an interpreter of someone else's material. Sure. Therefore, uh, I don't take owner- ownership in influencing people through the work that I do. Right. If it is influential at all. Right. Um, therefore, it's, you know, it's, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm uh, recognizable sometimes on the street, but it's not like the same thing where uh, my character, you know, Sidney Hall, or you could say like Salinger, their words really they influence people to do things I mean, you know they change people's lives yeah you know, you know that's yeah. that's a different kind of impact so i can't relate to that or the responsibility that comes with that kind of um i guess success or what, influence what, what about like uh, are there lessons learned i think the last time we, we spoke at length was for indignation mm-hmm. and it was a film that you know always you knew it was going to be like a tough sell at the box office mm-hmm. right it's not yeah. necessarily the kind of thing that like we're going to clamor for to get out there i was very surprised that you know I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, I was surprised that it made it to theaters. I was really happy that it did. And 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 hardened that like it made some top tens. And mm-hmm, I feel like yeah. by the end of the year, people like were acknowledging it's gonna it's yeah. the kind of film that, um, regardless of box office, feels like it made a dent in some people's lives. Well, thank you. So some it, people so <laughs> over the age of like sixty. Well, I mean, no, I mean, <laughs> looking back on it, just I'm a just few kidding. months I mean, a few months later, do you feel like uh, like happy with sort of how it went down or are there lessons learned as both an actor and a producer on that one? Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm happy with, with how it went down. I had no expectations yeah. with the film. I just, I personally liked it. You know, I read yeah. it and liked it, but I didn't see it 
in a in a business way right as being you know marketable or anything <laughs> like that i just thought it was a uh beautiful script and a creative opportunity and um you know it seemed like a yeah like a new challenge for me and that excited me yeah and the fact that it was so well received here last year at sundance and the fact that it even made it to theaters and you know a handful of people saw it yeah i'm pretty um, i'm happy with that but uh you know it did, did well so i yeah. think i think you know Mission accomplished. It's a um, mission accomplished. You know, you can you never really know. You can put your heart and soul into a project as an actor and uh, producer, or any any department, and and it might not turn out yeah. to be that great. At the end of the day, it's in the director, uh, the directors, the editors' hands. And, yeah, not to mention um, marketing and all that kind of stuff that you have no control yeah, the, over. Yeah, that that too. Sometimes, um, but. Yeah, it's it's in it's you know you give you give your options to the filmmaker, yeah. and then they you know cut the film, so it's it's out of your hands, and and uh, you can work really hard and put your heart and soul into something, and it can turn out to be complete crap, or it could be something great. So it was a nice surprise to right. see that people really liked it, and that it turned out to be a good movie. Has it ever happened where you talk about you know like tr- kind of putting your trust in a director, and like you're giving them options, hopefully, yeah, and you see the finished product, you're at the premiere or something, and it it kind of breaks your heart, whether oh yeah, for sure, really, yeah, but I mean I've had that reaction uh where it's like broken my heart and i'm like oh god i mean where i've been disappointed and people love it right so i'm like okay at the end of the day i don't think it really matters what i think anymore if it you kind of have to let go of your preconceived notions of what you thought it was in your mind yeah i just let it go it's their film now yeah and um exactly and um you know you're only as good as your next project so just keep moving forward you know creatively i think it's uh is important for uh, my sanity. Mm-hmm. If I could just like, I felt satisfied making the film. I fulfilled from the experience that I can just move on yeah. and uh, try to find another project where I can feel creatively satisfied and fulfilled and uh, see if it works. But, you know, I, I think I've become less precious about each film, even though I'm pretty particular and about what I like and right. I'm kind of slow and, uh, you know, I, I'm not like the most uh, prolific, right. um, you know, actor out there, but I, um, yeah, I've become less, um, yeah, less uh, judgmental of the films. I'm just like, I, is, if the experience was great and, and I'm obviously signing on because I liked it, yeah. the material, um, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I'll just move on and make another film. Totally. Hopefully. Well, and it sounds like, and we kind of had this up at our lengthy conversation a few months back, like you kind of like, it seems like you had a shift or, or, or maybe epiphany is too big a word, but like you talk about kind of actors being on that hamster wheel of just like constantly going from job to job and seeking out like the commercial job that's going to get you from mm-hmm. point A to point B. And it mm-hmm. seems like um, you've kind of settled into kind of a groove where like, yeah, as you say, uh, I don't need to be working every second. I don't need yeah. to be in the, the franchise. Yeah. I can just sort of let it come to me. I, Mm-hmm. I have a certain standing in the community. I'm going to work. Yeah, I mean, uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, you know, but that's a luxury that a lot of people yeah. don't have. But I guess I feel comfortable um, right now and um, trying to find projects I like. But it's, it's, they could be a big commercial thing and sure, I might no, like yeah, it. But yeah. There, yeah, there's been, you know, there hasn't really been a lot of right. exciting projects in the studio commercial realm. What, what were your, uh, your favorites of 2016? Oh, um, The Handmaiden's my number one. Handmaiden was amazing. That's my, it's so disappointing that nobody's really, whatever, with awards, it doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't mean anything, but, uh, but I'm so happy. But, but, you know, it's the best film 
of the year and it's uh it should those be no no park chan wook yeah i mean like wonderful filmmaker he's made so many good films from old boy yeah. uh to you know uh, lady vengeance yeah. but this is my favorite of his films so i loved it it's gorgeous uh, too. so yeah i'd say the handmaiden uh, my favorite films of the year that I, I off the top of my head are the handmaiden manchester by the sea great um uh, La La Land's up there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People, which great. another Charming. one people should be talking about. That was your last year, actually, yeah. Which is a great film. Yeah. Sing Street's on there, for sure. Yep. Um, God, there's so many good ones, though, that I've seen this year, uh, which has been, yeah, it's been nice. I, I've, I've been really satisfied with the movies that have come out this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. And it's been nice and spread out a little bit. And, yeah, in terms of the... In terms of like not all in the fall. Exactly. With the, know, some, a, lot, all a lot of the ones you mentioned, Manchester premiered here in mm -hmm. January. Mm -hmm. Humphrey Wilder people did. So yeah. it's good to see. Sing Street was a spring. Sing Street was here too as well. And, and that was a spring release. Yeah. You know, it was like, and it was a great film. Like The Lobster was a great film. And that was like a spring summer release. Totally. Um, it's been, you know, a bunch of really good ones that I've seen though. I saw you're not so thrilled about the Internal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind TV show. No, I, mean, I hope that falls apart. <laughs> I really do. It's kind of a perfect movie. It's kind uh, of yeah, it's just unnecessary. Um, uh, it's unnecessary. It's 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 yeah. It's yeah. I, mean, I could go of, on about it. No, but, it's but just, I mean, I'm just uh, uh, you know about why people you know exploit you know films like that for profit. But there's no point. Right. There's no point. Right. Um, so have you been working or looking around for stuff in the, since the last few months since we've talked? Yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been, you know, just reading and trying to find yeah. the next thing. And I think I found a few things I like that I'm excited about for this year. But, you know, until contracts are signed or whatever right. and you're on set, like I'm always skeptical to talk about yeah, it because things could enough. fall apart. But, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. It seems like, uh, you know, 2017 will be uh, – uh, a good year. Oh, you're the one optimistic person about 2017. Well, you know, I mean, uh, not, you know, politically, <laughs> not like in terms of our country. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. My career is going Just great. for the me. The country's going to no, die. Yeah. No, I've completely lost hope. I'm completely... No, um, we can't end our conversation like that. No, we no. We have to bounce back immediately. I'm a immediately. sad, sad individual right now when it comes to what's the state of our country. But um, yeah. yeah, every day. Every single day. It's something new that's just, you know, crushing... Uh, crushing our souls. There's just it's just an overwhelming amount of things to combat. It's like usually yeah. there are like one or two things I feel like we can concentrate our efforts on, but there's so much out there. It's a little overwhelming. It's very not to go on a tangent, but yeah, no, I'm with you. We can like yeah, we can. It's a different conversation. Yeah, once this is done, we can go on a whole <laughs> conversation about that, I guess. But and then before you get out of here, have you seen any films while you're here? I only saw one movie, but I really liked it. Uh, Wilson. Oh, I saw it too. It's yeah, good, right? I liked it too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really Woody's dug it. amazing Laura Dern. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm a Klaus fan, and yeah. um, um, I thought Craig Johnson did a really good job adapting his material. Yeah, in a way that you know, kind of, you know, felt like like his, uh, like uh, like the source material felt like his 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 comics. Totally. And um, yeah, I like it. Good I really stuff. Dug it. Yeah. yeah, go check out Wilson. That's a that's free plug for Fox Searchlight. Yes, and go check. yeah, go check that film out, and go check Sydney Hall out if it ever goes to theaters. It I hope will. you guys see it. It's going in five thousand theaters next week. Yes, going right there. Yes. No, I can't wait to check it out tonight, man. I Thank hope you, you have a good time, and I'm uh, always love geeking out with you. Yeah, and, likewise, dude. Uh, thanks it's for good having to see me you. at your. Uh, your gorgeous. I don't. If it's not your condo and not my condo, whose I, condo is this? I don't know, but this is. Once I actually, I liked it when I first came here, and then I started looking around, and I'm like, it's kind of freaky. <laughs> yeah, the artwork. Yeah, the cowhide or whatever. It, you know, like, yeah. what is this? Let's get out of here, man. Yeah, this is kind of odd. But we got to run before the police kick us out. All right, let's do it. <laughs> it's been a pleasure, man. 
That was Logan Lerman, again, starring in Sydney Hall, hopefully to be in a theater near you sometime soon. I'll keep you guys posted on that front. Uh, definitely coming to a theater near you is a movie called Before I Fall that stars uh, the lovely and talented Zoe Deutsch. I love Zoe. Zoe, I uh, got to know kind of when she got into the um, the Vampire Academy craziness yes. a couple years ago, and that was like hopefully going to be a big thing. It didn't necessarily pan out maybe the way some people hoped it would, but um, a good byproduct of that was getting to know Zoe on that press tour. Um, and so thrilled that finally we've had her on the podcast. This is a pretty short conversation. Uh, I know she wants to be on the podcast that for a longer chat, I definitely want to have her on for a longer one. She deserves it. She's charming and funny and self-deprecating, um, just all the things that we love. Uh, she stars, as I said, in Before I Fall, which is uh, opening on uh, March 3rd. She is very much front and center of this film. She's the star of this film. It's good to see her kind of like just own the screen. In a weird way, it's almost like a dramatic Groundhog Day. <laughs> like Ooh. she's like plays a uh, teenager um, who keeps reliving the same day over and over again and kind of has to face the um, consequences of what her and her friends um, uh, do to maybe some, you know, social outcasts that they that are in their high school and don't treat them so well. Um, and it's it's very well done it, for like, especially for something in that kind of quote unquote YA genre. It's based mm-hmm. on a, a piece of literature in that genre. Um, it's uh, it's a good piece of work and got some really great reviews at Sundance. She's also in a film called Rebel in the Rye. I referenced J.D. Salinger earlier. J.D. Uh, Salinger takeover here yes, on Happy Side saying. Confused. So this one I want to mention because uh, it stars – uh, Zoe uh, has a smaller part in the film, but it's uh, starring Nicholas Holt, our good uh, buddy. Yeah. Who doesn't love Nicholas Holt? I know. I missed I, – sadly, I missed Nick back at Sundance. That we, is sad. We we exchanged some uh, social media correspondence. And, some DMs. And, at least something like that. And, um, <laughs> and I don't want to reveal my sources out how it, I communicate with the stars. Got it. Got it. But yes, we did. And um, he uh, he has a great role in um, in Rebel in the Rock. He stars as J.D. Salinger and it's uh, – um, as you might expect, a very um, strong performance, a strong uh, role, and to sort of see, again, very similar in some ways to Sydney Hall, to see sort of how Salinger dealt with um, you know, fame and not wanting any of that fame and all the repercussions of Catcher in the Rye. Um, he also started in a film that I didn't get a chance to see uh, called Newness, directed by Drake Doremus, who he worked with on e- Equals with our our friend Kristen Stewart. So it's all connected, Sammy. Is well, it I'm means saying. you got it. You saw what twenty five movies. Yeah. You didn't have time for this I one extra. I literally couldn't fit them all in. It's like impossible. Well, someone better get him the screener. Okay, immediately. <laughs> we'll catch up with Nick soon enough. But right now, uh, let's talk to Zoe Deutsch. As I said, this is a short one, but uh, hopefully, uh, we'll have a longer chat with um, the delightful Zoe Deutsch soon. Uh, hope you guys enjoy. Here she is. Not good at holding microphones and speaking. I'm still, I've been doing this for 10 years and I'm still like, <laughs> I'm just an actress. You can't expect that I can speak and hold at the same time. Um, we're joined in a strange, where are we? Where are we, Zoe? We are in a corner in Sundance, surrounded by... Life water, whatever that means. <laughs> it's not a metaphor. It's water that brings thing. us life. <laughs> um, I'm a little punch drunk. I've been here five days. You've probably been here. You said you got here last Thursday as well? Yeah. And I, uh, so I 
was making fun of people for uh, saying that they had altitude sickness. And I was like, oh, so yeah, weak. everyone's blaming everything on altitude sickness. You're getting a divorce. It's altitude <laughs> sickness. And my leg hurt altitude sickness. Right. And then two hours later, I get home and I'm like <laughs> dying. And someone's handing me oxygen tanks. And I was like, what the fuck? This is real. It's super. Do you have it? I don't know if I have that. I have a little exhaustion. And I, 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 I say that only to excuse my interviewing techniques because I feel like day one, if you get me, oh, it's a brilliant chat. By day four or I five. It's amazing on day one, too. Day four like, or five, it's like, movie, talk, now, go. <laughs> I get it. Well, I'm on the same place, so we don't, I don't, I'm not judging you if okay, you don't good. judge no me. No judgments right okay, back great. at you. Uh, we were saying, we were clearly... The, well, no, I was saying, I love you. I and, love you, too. And, and I, was, um, I was saying that we're obviously very important people because we keep missing each other. We've been trying to catch up for a long while. Well, you're very important. Just stop it. I'm, this is just I'm getting just, stupid. Oh, God. Uh, um, yeah, we might have a self-deprecating off where yeah. we can, who can shit on themselves. I just the, realized this is just um, audio and it's gonna sound, I'm going to sound horrible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. uh, right now, people are on their treadmills being like, holding their ears like, oh, God, make it stop. 100%. <laughs> Leave now. You do not want to listen to me. Um, but you are busy. You've had a busy fall, exciting year. You had Why Him. That did really well for you guys. Yeah. And now you shift into this really cool film. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, I, I've, I've, Before I Fall and Rebel in the Rye here, which is, it's you know what's crazy is that I did my uh, audition tape for Rebel in the Rye in Vancouver while I was shooting Before I Fall. Oh, really? And I have, yeah, I've just re- remembered that right now. I see? So much see from my smile. <laughs> see what you do to me? Oh, my God. My gifts are so amazing. God, never ending. <laughs> so, I mean, you must be thrilled. I mean, I know you've talked about this a bit, but Before I Fall, I was hardened when I saw it because frankly, you know, being at MTV, especially you cover a lot of like, you know, YA inspired films and stuff. And frankly, the percentage doesn't, isn't so great. Mm-hmm. And this one's really good. And the reviews have been great and the reception has been really good. And you have to feel a sense of relief and excitement that you obviously knew the director had some cool stuff, but give me a I sense. I am so uh, pleased. Uh, one with the timing of this movie, just because yeah. it's, it's all about, the film all, is all about under, uh, recognizing that what you do today matters right. and that you do have a voice and that you do have a purpose um, and you can make a difference mm-hmm. uh, in one moment. Right. Um, and I think that's really relevant and important. Uh, I'll just say that. And I'm really, really, really pleased as well. Who says pleased? What year is this? 1920? <laughs> pleased. I'm fucking 95. No, but I am pleased that it's at Sundance as well because it, it is... It, the. I don't think people realize how... Oh, I don't think people will expect it to be as uh, deep as it is. And it being yes. at Sundance, I think, is, is helping people uh, Oh, I should pay attention to light. this in that way. Yeah, totally. So, because it's, it's... I mean, I'm really, really proud of it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's an, a, a beautiful message. And I've been walking down Sundance, and it's not just teen girls that are liking it. Right. Men that are like, I called my daughter, and I said, I love you. And I was like, oh, I should try to write a list of things I should work on and be who I should take more time to spend with. And that's special. People did that for Dirty Grandpa, too, I feel like. 100%. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Oh, my gosh. You have no idea. <laughs> you changed the amount people's of people. lives. Yes. They, a lot of people went home that night and wrote in their diary, Dear Diary. <laughs> So what's your relationship like with like festivals? Like growing up, obviously parents in the business, had you been to like them growing up? Had you? So I have never been to Sundance and I am like one of those annoying actors who really, like really, really fucking loves my job. I really, really, really I do, do love it's my great. job. And yeah. I, and I, and, and I really, um, 
love every aspect of it and I love every I like I don't need to be the person that's has five faces on the poster which right. happens to be for before I fall but uh, <laughs> the beautiful thing about Sundance is it celebrates independent films and um, the kind of movies that I grew up loving and watching and uh, and it's not about the the, the whatever movie yeah. star or bullshit whatever that means um, to me at least that's how I perceive it and it's really really exciting and I was so nervous to come here um <laughs> like more so than anything in really? my life. Yeah. My mom and publicist were like, what is wrong with you? You've done so much and yeah. you're so brave. And I was like, I'm going to be honest. I think there's strength and vulnerability. I'm going to tell you, I do not feel brave. I feel so nervous. Because it feels so cool. It feels because almost like. it feels like, so cool. Yeah. And because I'm so, I feel really, really lucky. Yeah. I do. And so, that sounds so annoying. <laughs> I do. Really do. And it's nice to come with two. I was saying, I'm, I'm going to be there at your premiere. I'm very excited for Rebel yeah. uh, in the Rye. I love Nicholas Holt, first of all, that guy. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> I hate him. He's so talented and charming. And I mean, it's a bummer about his looks. I know. Yeah. He's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of harsh to look at. Uh, yeah. He's also probably really fun to interview, too, because oh. he's just uh, so, so, he's so smart, dry, so funny, so entertaining. And people don't know it. I had him on the, the podcast like for like, you know, one of our like full on episodes. And it was right, I, the I was one that uh, the fancy people get. to. <laughs> I was that's not Zoe. What did I say when you sat down? Now, let's be truthful. Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. You win. You win this round. <laughs> God damn it. I wanted to just, like, get you ready. Yeah. I didn't want to just plunge right in, because we haven't officially talked in an interview capacity for no. probably a couple of years. Yeah. So we need to kind of, like, dip our toes back in the waters. Yeah, but Get you... this dynamic going again. Yeah, I agree. We do. We right? 100% do. We also need to start to train me to hold a microphone. Like I told you, I'm just an actor. I can't talk and <laughs> hold a microphone at the same time. But the good thing is, for the full-on episode, when you come to New York, we have a fancy studio. You don't have to hold a microphone. We could give you complimentary coffee, maybe some life <laughs> I don't know. For the people listening to this, I know you love him, um, but you, you have to understand for actors, it's uh, like a true gift and a joy uh, to see on your schedule. And I, no, I'm serious. I'm allowed to. Also, was I allowed to curse on this? Yes, okay, yeah, great. Fuck yeah, you go for it. <laughs> um, and um, it's it really is because Very it's sweet. like this. You and Gray are Drake are like this oh, shining. Oh, cool. yeah, yeah. No, really, it's Thank it, you. it reinvigorates. Like, oh my god, I get to talk about what I love, <laughs> and they understand, and they're cool, and blah blah blah. Uh, enough about me. Okay, let's talk. Wait, tell me a little bit about Rebel in the Rye. What's your favorite color? No. <laughs> uh, um, Jenny Salinger, yes. your Una O'Neill. Tell me more. What do I yeah. need to know? So the film is about it. It, it centers around J.D. Salinger and his life and, yeah. and, and the tumultuous relationship with with writing and his family and and um, women. Uh, the whole thing. I play Una O'Neill, who I previously knew only as Una Chaplin. Right. She was fascinating. She was this. Um, she was just constantly like surrounded by insanely talented, mm -hmm. crazy people. Her father was Eugene O'Neill, who, if you don't know him, he was a prolific a and slightly depressing writer. Right. <laughs> uh, I saw Long Day's Journey three nights in a row. I, and that's I, a I, laugh riot. That's a oh, rom. a lot of laughs. <laughs> um, and her best friend was Gloria Vanderbilt and Truman Capote, and her, she was dating Salinger and ended up marrying Chaplin. Right. So she was... In the middle Obviously of it all. Yeah. fascinated by talent. Right. And she was definitely in the middle of it all. I got to take, I felt like for me, so in, uh, inspiring and fun to take this crash course on the 30s and 40s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elite New York society. And um, it was a joy. And Nick is like not only really talented, yeah. but unfortunately also the nicest person in the uh, world. Let's and move so on. Danny Strong. Okay, enough. Oh, enough, God. enough. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what's uh, what's on the docket? You're going to do some more because the, the Before I Fall opens pretty soon, so you're going to be doing a bunch of press for that. Maybe if you hit New York, it will come in. Um, but uh, what are you shooting next? Do you know? 
I've actually been kicked out of the business. This is my this last is it? run. Oh no! Yeah. Oh well, it was it was a good it run. It was a good run. It was nice. <laughs> no, I have a movie that I'm extremely proud of. Yeah. Called Flower, that'll be coming out soon. Okay. Um, uh, so that is that, and I know I've really pitched it well. But <laughs> Does it feel like? the opportunities are getting a little more interesting, a little more exciting right now. I mean, you know, for a young actress, it's not necessarily, you don't get, you know, the pick of the litter at first, but it seems like... Well, I got, I, 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 I can't complain because I got to play, I had three extremely fun and complicated and interesting um, parts in the last year yeah. uh, between, um, yeah, no, I, I'm very, I feel very lucky because it wasn't like that whole, I think, I don't you feel this way, but that whole thing about strong female characters, I think there's a lot of strong female characters. It's more like, for me, in yeah. what I'm reading, a lack of complicated, kind of fucked up, yeah. you can, weird. You can be a weak character as long as it's interesting and whatever. Yeah, I mean, well, I think it's pretty strong to be like a stoic wife or a girl, you know, right, when right. who's holding down the fort. That, right. that, to me, is not um, as exciting as... Uh, you know, but I, I feel really lucky. I just, I just want to keep working. Fingers crossed, I want to jinx it. No, this is it. This is it. We both retire here. <laughs> um, as I said, this is just the start. This is restarting our professional relationship. Oh, thank God. Whew, it's been too long. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to take some silly photographs now because that's what we do. Okay, great. I'm looking forward to it. It's good to see you, Zoe. <laughs> good to it's see It's weird you to too. say that like as if I'm not going to talk to you in, in 30 seconds. But for the audience at home, good to see Zoe. And uh, for the audience at home, I want to formally apologize <laughs> for me. In keep, general. That's keep running on a, that treadmill. Don't worry about the yeah. word sounds. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> and so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs> This episode of Happy, Sad, Confused was produced by Michael Catano, James T. Green, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovic for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com.